Welcome to the Off-Ramps podcast. I'm your host and co-founder of the Off-Ramp, Kristen. We know what it's like to feel helpless when faced with the magnitude of the world's problems. You want to do something about it, but don't know how or where to start. Well, that's why we're here. At the Off-Ramp, our goal is twofold. First, to keep you informed about the ongoings in immigration, migration, and global affairs. And second, to connect you with opportunities to make a real difference in the lives of forcibly displaced people both near and far. Practical and positive change is possible. Let's work together to make it happen. Well, hello, everybody. Um, I am working by myself today. Um, Daughter Kristen is busy with some other projects. Um, And so I am your host for this podcast. Um, And many of you know me. My name is Nell Green, and I am CEO Director of The Off-Ramp, as uh, uh, many of you know. And so we're grateful that you've joined us for this podcast. Today, we have somebody that I am especially excited to bring to you, um, Pastor Rosalia Sosa. Many of you might recall that Butch and I made a trip to Juarez uh, back in January before the pandemic started. We joined a group from uh, Fellowship Southwest um, who had gone there to not only see some of the work that was going on, but then also to engage with some of the civic leaders Um, to see what can be done for the numbers of people who had come to the border and who are displaced. Now, for those of you who follow the off-ramp, you know that we are all about preventing, if possible, displacement. But if somebody finds a need to migrate or move um, or become a refugee or an asylum seeker um, or perhaps a victim of human trafficking, then the role of the off-ramp is to help them thrive right where they're at, to find ways for them to build for themselves fulfilling and um, sustainable lives. Um, And so we went to Juarez. Now, I have to tell you, that is probably one of the most fun trips that I have ever been on. And uh, Pastor, I got to tell you, never before have I jumped fences and catched running buses, but it was a blast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, and, and I intermixed with all the fun were, were so many poignant and troubling moments. Um, things like going to a shelter that had, for the first time, had heat. Um, and I was cold when I was there. So I can only imagine how they had felt for the time that they had been without heat or Um, to go to large places where there were children and to realize how important uh, education and things like that were. So it was, it was a, it was a fun trip for me, but it was also very eye-opening trip. And that's why I'm excited to introduce you all to Pastor Rosalia Sosa and to the work that's going on on the border. So Pastor, if you will, just give them a little bit of who you are your background, and the work that you're doing there. Yes, uh, thanks for uh, having me here. It's a privilege to see you again and to, uh, to talk to you and to all your audience. And uh, 
thanks God that I'm serving on this part of the world, but uh, I'm just a servant of God and uh, trying to do the best that I can. From Chihuahua, Mexico, that's where I was born, but I'm here in the United States from uh, 1983. And, uh, and on uh, 1994, that's when I lived life, my status. And uh, so I know very well about the uh, uh, immigrant situation. And uh, uh, some of us uh, have a dream, like my dream back then was to build a house to my mom. And uh, it wasn't enough money there in Mexico. Uh, and uh, now time changing. And now, now it's worse than ever because uh, poverty is all over the world. It's not only in Central or Indeed. South America or, or Mexico. And uh, uh, people trying to reach the United States because uh, it's, it's a good dream. It's our dream, but uh, uh, what we're doing along the borders is trying to educate them to, if uh, to do uh, legal legally, to to try to do the right thing, and uh, and uh, just not jump uh, to the United States, but uh, legalize and do everything uh, uh, the way it has to be, and uh, and 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 it's because you don't just. Uh, uh, we, we ignore a lot of regulations. So uh, mm. through all this education that we provide them, uh, they uh, realize that uh, they don't going to qualify only because I'm poor oh. and I'm looking for a good, uh, no, it has to be, has to be uh, fear, credible fear and all those uh, points mm. that applies uh, before they come to the United States because that dream will be a nightmare if they don't accomplish with all these those are really good points to help them go through the process and go through it um, in a legal manner and jump through all of the correct hoops and fill out the correct paperwork. But um, also then that realization, and we met several of those people when we were there, that realization that they're probably not going to qualify. And, and so how do they build a life um, where they're at? Can you give us an update, Pastor, about, about how many people now um, are, are in and this? So for people who don't know their geography, El Paso is on one side of the border, and then the, the sister city on the other side of the border is Juarez. And Juarez is where there have been um, a lot of the folks coming and congregating while they go through this process. Can you give us an idea of how many people we're talking about, and then how many people are you serving, and how many shelters are you working with? Well, it's about uh, 9,500 now uh, around Juarez, Mexico, only Juarez, but uh, the register and the people that we're serving is uh, around 2,900, uh, uh, 14 shelters that we have. Uh, and uh, uh, thanks God that I'm only coordinating. Uh, every shelter have the uh, director and, and, uh, and uh, it's, it's a pastor that, uh, that attending and uh, living there. So we're just uh, trying to coordinate efforts uh, and this uh, in what is Mexico in 14 shelters. And uh, one in Palomas, Mexico, that is different and it's different situation there in Palomas, Mexico. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we opening another shelters uh, uh, at the interior of, uh, of the state of Chihuahua. Oh, also. okay. Wow, so that's, that's new. That's something that uh, has been happening since we were there in January. I remember talk about the shelter in Palomas, but um, not, not the others. So do we still have people arriving 
um, to at the border or has the pandemic slowed that flow of, of people coming seeking shelter? Yes, well, after you left, uh, we opened this, uh, this uh, shelter in Palomas in February the 23rd. That's when, when we opened it. And we start with 20, 20 people in, uh, uh, at this building. But uh, as soon as uh, the, the, the time goes on, uh, we, have, uh, we had uh, 40, 50, 60. Ooh. And it wasn't enough in one building. So uh, oh, that uh, building, uh, I, I can't see it accommodating 40 or 50 people. I remember it. Yes, I have. Now we we made some improvements because memory was like a warehouse. So exactly. now we we built some walls inside, and and, and okay. but it wasn't enough. So the municipality let us use another next next to the uh, right behind this building is another building. So they let us use it, and it wasn't enough. And uh, it wasn't enough uh, because now increasing the numbers, uh, the numbers of people daily, daily uh, under Section 42 that they return into this port of Palomas is 100 and 120, 130 mm. a day. Mm. So just imagine to give them uh, three meals, showers, yeah. and all that. So uh, the uh, United Nations uh, uh, went over there and, uh, and put three tarps with okay. air conditioning and uh, you know, it's amazing how, how people respond because uh, to be honest, I never asked for a gift. I never asked for a donation, Wow! but, uh, but uh, they, they just call me and, and ask me, yeah, how can we help? What can we do? So until yeah. today, uh, there's, there's uh, plenty food and uh, even we, can, we, we share that food to, to, to shelters in Mexico and, and what if, and, uh, and it's very amazing how the Lord give to give us to give to others. And, you know, uh, you and, mentioned uh, you mentioned as you were talking yes. about the shelter in Palomas um, about working with the civic leaders there, and um, I have to say that that was one of the things that I found most encouraging about the work that's going on in Juarez and Chihuahua um, is the cooperation that's going on between civic and government leaders and um, people like yourself who just want to, to help and to, uh, to coordinate these shelters and to help people find a place where they can be safe and can have food. Tell me a little bit more and help our listeners understand how are you working with government officials, civic leaders and accomplishing um, these purposes? Well, I just get along with everybody. Uh, I remember when uh, somebody asked, uh, okay, either you, uh, are you the elephant or you the donkey? And uh, which party you go? And I said, well, I, I choose the lamb and I stay there because uh, everywhere that I'm going, I, I'm going with the lamb because uh, uh, I don't work for Jesus Christ. Uh, I serve, I'm his uh, slave and I'm not religious. So uh, I'm not political. I just serve, and uh, yeah. I'm not going. I never go asking, uh, demanding, uh, or asking for donations. No, uh, uh, I, I'm here to serve. How can I help you? So and, how does and, that and, work? Uh, You're a pastor, 
and um, you have you have uh, faith affiliations, and yet you work closely with government officials. So, do do the officials share part of the responsibility? Do they? I mean, like in Palomas, you mentioned they made another building available to you. Does it look different in different places? How does this partnership? How does it work? If uh... If, uh, let me put it this way, if you go on a boat on this uh, and, and it's getting water inside of the boat, so you got two choices, either get a bucket and start taking water out or, or just sink with the, with the boat. And, and so that's, that's the way it is. In Palomas, the, 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 the return people were sleeping at the square and they were, mm. they were sleeping at the streets. And, uh, and the community uh, looks that uh, very, very bad. Yeah, wasn't acceptable. So, no, and, 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 and what the government has to do? Well, start a shelter. It's the same thing. And somebody shows and, and, and offering, hey, I can help you to start a shelter. Mm -hmm. I, got, I got some organizations in the United States and even in Mexico that can help with clothes and, and, and food. And they open their eyes and really, you can do that? Yes, <laughs> because I can do everything through Christ, and and, exactly. and He's the, our provider. So it, we start like in Palomas. We start on, a, on on an empty warehouse that has been abandoned there. We just clean it up, and there we go. We took so, uh, at the beginning. Give us yes. an idea of some of the government entities you're working with. I I remember when we were there, we made a visit to um, a mayor's office. Um, visited with her about some work. Um, we met, I, and forgive me, I don't remember his last name. We met a gentleman named Enrique. Um, and I noticed that recently you were given some recognition for this partnership and this work. Give us an idea of some of the entities that are coming together, some of the folks who are joining in this work. Well, one thing uh, leads uh, to another thing. Uh, now, now is. Is is God that uh, put me on this position, and uh, now uh, the federal government through the Senate of, Senate of of the Republic of Mexico involved on this, and uh, and uh, uh, they ask they ask uh, how can they help, so uh, uh, they helping in different manners, and. Uh, uh, Believe me, it's amazing how the Lord works. It's only, mm -hmm. only, only use your hands, only use you. Mm -hmm. and, and when you say, I'm here, he, he do the rest. And uh, when they ask, I take advantage and say, okay, here, sign it <laughs> right there. Because <laughs> I don't go by promise. I, 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 if, if let's let's so sign the deal. Okay? If, <laughs> if you say that you're going to help, you better do that. You're, you're going to help. <laughs> So yeah. um, if, I, if I'm correct as well, um, Fellowship Southwest has been also a key partner and CBF of Texas in the work that you have going on. How have they partnered with you? They, well, it's God that put on their hearts to help and they've been helping, they've been helping no matter what. Uh, I'm very grateful with, uh, with uh, CBF and Fellowship uh, Southwest that they they they've been doing it and and, and they they trust uh, 
they trust when I told them, hey, I'm here on, on this part of the mountains in, in Mexico opening a, a shelter. And uh, they, they asked me, hey, send me, send me how much you need there. At the end, they say, well, nothing because everything has been done. <laughs> but, but you know, first, res first respondent. And, and, and if, if I need something, first respondent. And, mm. and, uh, but thanks God, it's amazing. Just to put That's an example, uh, like you, you, you talk about recognizing, rec uh, yes, uh, having, having this, but uh, I make sure that uh, the Lord has the honor and the glory because it's Him in front of everybody. Absolutely. I don't care who's, who's, who's mm -hmm. there, but, but how many people there, I give Him the honor and the glory because it's Him and it's through Him. It has been amazing to watch all that you've accomplished. Um, but I'm sure that the pandemic um, caused some issues for you all and made the work not quite as easy. Can you tell our listeners now um, how you've dealt with the pandemic, the effects of the pandemic? Um, I was, you and I had a phone visit uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was shocked to realize you've not had a single case of COVID in these shelters. Tell us what the pandemic has, has changed, how it's uh, made you modify what you're doing, and tell me, how have you kept COVID out of the shelters? That's amazing. I always, because I'm taking all the COVID from the shelters. <laughs> That's, no, no, certainly that, uh, uh, we 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 follow a protocol, uh, and and uh, we keep that very strictly uh, on on the uh, on the shelters. And you know, it's hard. Like uh, on Palomas, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's a unique uh, place there because it's the, it's the only port on on the state that uh, they returning people. It's like a rubber wall when the people entering the United States. They, they send them back right away under Section 42. So for us, it's, it's, it's very difficult to realize if they have it or not, they can take it or not. So that's why we keep them uh, on different buildings and, okay. and on the tarps. So, on the tarps. And so let me see if I have this right. The people who have been in the shelter already, they stay in one place, but new arrivals go someplace else since you're unsure whether or not they have the virus. Um, yes. That surely necessitated more space. Yes, yes, and uh, actually we're planning to have uh, to have uh, uh, another building next to the shelter because uh, winter is coming. But uh, the first thing that we do is uh, temperature, and, and, and uh, if they they uh, they show some symptoms, then we keep them in, uh, apart. Uh, and we call them in transit, but uh, even if they they show some symptoms, we keep them apart and and, and, and give them a special uh, uh, a good medication that this is a grandma's remedy. There's no medicine, but this is is a good remedy that uh, all uh, that that's that's a remedy that I took uh, when I had the COVID uh, myself. But uh, nobody at the shelter have that, that problem. Because uh, this protocol and, and the people in transit stays three or four days at the most, we help them to to go back to their places or they decide to to re-entry. Is 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 
uh, it's rare. We're trying to educate them not to, not to do that. We against uh, the human trafficking in, 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 uh, very strongly. Uh, we eradicate all the traffickers around the area, uh, 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 but uh, they still insist. So uh, some people uh, has been trying to seven or eight times, uh, and, and even they got famous names mm. like Pedro Infante or different names that they gave us. Mm. So uh, uh, just imagine that. Uh, we don't know what, if, if they have the COVID or not, but we keep them separate. And, uh, so, and the people that is on MPPs, the permanent, they, they serve it and they're doing an amazing job, but they protect themselves all the time. With, they have all the protection. So that's, that was my next question. What about the people who have been in the shelters? Um, you know, when, when pandemic first hit, we kept hearing about shortages of, you know, masks and gloves and all sorts of things. And, and I would like our listeners to, to know, for those of you who helped us, um, when we were making the, the face masks, some of our masks went to Pastor uh, Sosa and uh, to be used there on the border. So you and I visited and, and you explained to me that y'all had provided masks and personal protection. But what about people being able to leave the shelter and go out in the community? Um, I mean, I'm not sure how you managed one man to get them all the supplies they needed and um, you know take care of their needs. How, how did you work that? While many of us um, were sheltering in our homes, how did you help these uh, you know 2,900 people stay in their shelters? How how did that work? Uh, organizations and, and churches uh, all over uh, New Mexico mainly. Uh, providing and they they uh, helping with the food so i take two trips a, a week with a truck in 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 a, in a small trailer uh with food to to the shelter and uh and uh, uh fellowship southwest helping also with uh, monthly uh, funds to buy them uh, uh food and uh, to pay for the uh, propane and all this uh, uh, but uh, we're doing very well so they don't have to go out and okay. mainly 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 is because uh, we don't want the community to think that uh, they they contagious they got the covid because the shelter and it's opposite it's opposite uh, we thanks god that we since we start in february and on march we start providing uh, uh uh, food, boxes of food to the community also. Oh my so, goodness, that's amazing. Yes, it's amazing to the community, around the community, and, and uh, trying to help the community. And, and they're very grateful since they, they, they was kind of, uh, of uh, uh, they trying to reject the shelter. Now they love mm -hmm. the shelter because wow. uh, there's only good things. The federal government trying to make improvements and different ones. So Palomas, uh, uh, this fort, uh, uh, before it was a cartel uh, corridor. So now, now, now it's, it's, uh, it's doing very good because uh, now they're on the map. The federal and state government, yeah. They, they, they taking care of, of this town. So another question that we've been getting from, uh, from some of our listeners and our followers 
um, that, that actually has come up for those of you who have been following the event that we've been doing for the Seminario Intercultural Mayense. Um, we've talked a lot about the children. Um, and one of the things we talked about, Pastor, when we were there in, um, in January was the need of the children for education. Um, even though they're in a shelter and even though they're in transition, they still need an education. And uh, when the pandemic hit um, and, you know, people transitioned to uh, education on television or by the Internet, um, that necessarily left out some children. So now how, how are you all dealing with the idea that children need to continue in their education and yet schools are still closed and, um, you know, education is by television or internet. How are y'all dealing with that? Uh, well, it's, it's always a way to provide education for, uh, our main target is children. So, uh, uh, first of all, we have, uh, we identified on the shelters a person who uh, has been working as a teacher of their countries or, or, or got that uh, gift. Of teaching, but uh, what we doing also is getting official uh, education. Uh, in a, mainly, they don't have a, they don't have a, a, a they don't have a, a tablet or a, a, a laptop, but they do have a phone. And mainly, they doing it through uh, an application on 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 uh, hmm. they call WhatsApp. On 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 uh, on the phone, and uh, sometimes there's two three phones on on the shelter, so, so they share that that phone. But uh, uh, we received last year uh, uh, TVs from uh, from uh, from you guys, human trafficking, and and uh, we place those on on each uh, shelter, and uh, we provide uh, internet on 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 that shelter. So, but that's very good. This is very good because uh, through that through that TV they 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 get in classes now. So um, for our listeners, uh, let me just explain to you that we had a partnership with the Coalition to Combat Human Trafficking, um, which is led by Cynthia Alds and the Off Ramp and CCHT. Um, we were able to provide uh, televisions for some of the shelters to play a public service announcement about mm -hmm. what to pay attention to. Um, so that you are not lured by a trafficker and therefore placed in danger. I'm so glad to hear that um, not only the public service announcements, but but that now for the children's education, um, those televisions have have been uh, have been put to such good use. That's that yes. is a very uh -huh. exciting thing to to hear. Another thing that yeah. I think our listeners would like to know about is one of the things we talked with you about a good bit while we were there were opportunities for people in the shelters, especially for those who realize they're probably not gonna be able to make it uh, to the United States, but they wanna build lives for themselves right there. And so we talked about ways that people could be helped to begin businesses. Um, I'm sure the pandemic has affected that. I, I'm sure that it's prevented that. Um, I think we saw a gentleman who was kind of starting a, a, little, a small garden. Um, we met with some people who were trying to begin a wood carving business. Can you just give us an update um, on how the pandemic has affected that work? 
Okay. Well, the pandemic uh, mainly affects the mind of people. And, and uh, if uh, you want to be negative, you be negative with pandemic or not. So uh, um, thanks God that we have a lot of, uh, 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 there's, there's a, a lot of people that uh, wants to do something. And uh, mainly when we, when we uh, educate them or, or, or tell them about the five basics of the, uh, uh, that they have, they have to, to accomplish at least five points in order to be accepted excuse me, accepted by asylum seeker, if they don't accomplish this, at least these five points, then forget it. That dream, that dream will be a nightmare if they don't accomplish. So that's when they realize to stay in Mexico or go back to their countries. But if they stay in Mexico, uh, they, they, uh, they can start a business like, uh, like uh, again, uh, Fellowship Child will help us to, to buy a concrete uh, blocks machine. And, and hopefully this this next uh, uh, this week or next week we're gonna start. We've got the whole uh, the whole uh, uh, equipment and what is Mexico That's now. That's awesome. And and we just need power. It's different power. It's two twenty power that we need to it, it, just to start with. So it's awesome because uh, they're going to hire or or they gonna be uh, supplying uh, for three families there. Uh, that with, is so uh, exciting. Mexico. That yes, is so is. exciting. Something as simple as making concrete blocks. That's exciting. Yes, oh and everybody needs that. And, and, Absolutely. And, and even, even us doing that. Now, other, other thing that, uh, that, uh, that uh, we can, uh, we're doing it is, is, is like a, uh, this uh, commercial place on, on, on one of the main streets on, on what is it called Bazaar. Bazaar is where you can sell uh, secondhand things, so uh, uh, we don't start that yet, but uh, gonna start it like uh, next week. So uh, also, also on on Palomas, there's there's a land that uh, uh, they let us use, and they working on it. Uh, uh, they working to to uh, to uh, uh, grow their own their their own products like uh, like uh, uh, vegetables on that. Mm. And uh, and uh, we're building to have uh, at least a hundred chickens there, so they, they, they so they oh can goodness. provide their own food. That yes, is uh, so exciting! Wow, big things have been happening. That's that's just amazing. Even in the midst of pandemic, um, there is still a place for creativity, ingenuity, and and entrepreneurship. I'm I'm so grateful to hear about these opportunities. Yes, but Pastor, but this is another this is another another. This is this is that 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 one with no professionals, but we have a lot of professionals there. That uh, that's why the government, the Mexican government, wants to get more involved on on on, on people at the shelters, because out of out, out of there, uh, now they hire four doctors that they working with the pandemic, and uh, we had we have a, a nurse, certified nurse from Cuba, and and a, a teacher. So we have professionals there that they willing to stay in Mexico now. So see, uh, Mexico is gaining gaining professionals and very good professionals that uh, they they just want an opportunity to start a new life, which wow. is good. That's yes, that's excellent. That is very good. 
Pastor, we always try to leave our listeners with something positive, but let me just say, you've already given us in these 30 minutes so many things that are, that are truly positive. Um, I, I, don't, uh, I don't hear or sense um, any, uh, any frustration or, uh, uh, or just, you know, the, the confusion that the pandemic has caused for so many people. Um, so already in many of the things you've said, I hear hope. But one of the things we try to do with this podcast is um, as we address these really tough issues, issues of people migrating, issues of people seeking asylum, issues of people sitting in shelters, uh, waiting for their opportunity. In all of these situations, tell us, where do you find hope? Where I find hope? Uh, I find hope in Jesus Christ through you. Because uh, remember when I met you and your husband in the group? That's the way I find hope. Because it uh, uh, looks like uh, everything is worse. looks like uh, the human being has, they lost the, the, uh, uh, but virtudes, virtual virtues, and uh, it looks like a real, real bad. But no, some shiny lights like uh, yours is is coming through the dark, and here we go. That impulse. And that that's what like we did. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh my goodness! It so, was. You know, it, that, it still remains yeah, for part. me. For me, twenty twenty, especially since the pandemic hit in March. I have to tell you. For me, 2020, a highlight is still um, that time that we spent with you all in Juarez. Um, we, we found hope in what you're doing. Um, and so we are very, very grateful. Um, and we are grateful to the many partners that have been a part of this. Um, yes. The Mexican government, the various civic leaders, um, Fellowship Southwest, um, the Coalition to Combat Human Trafficking, the off-ramp, there have been so many people that have joined you in partnership. And uh, yes, we are grateful for many people coming together to say, um, it's not about me or you, it's about me and you. And working, yeah. working to make uh, what it could be just a terrible situation better for everybody. So thank yes. you so much, Pastor, thank for you. doing and that it's, work. It's not the end of the world. It's is that uh, we're just commencing, uh, we're starting a new, uh, a, a new era. Remember that uh, on our minds, when you visit uh, this part of the country, you on our minds, we didn't know what's gonna, what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, here it is. So we need to do something ourselves. We we have to let Christ do it to us, and in, in uh, mm -hmm. uh, that's where hope, it's still hope, everywhere. Yeah, thanks for Absolutely. all your support. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for giving us this time. Um, and thank you for allowing us to share about the amazing work um, that you and so many others are doing along the border. Pastor, if our folks would like to be in touch, um, would like to uh, perhaps give to this or um, follow what you're doing, can you tell us how they would be able to do that? Yes, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, they can, they can, uh, they can give or donate through CBF 
Christian Baptist Fellowship or to a Southwest Fellowship directly. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, and, and uh, they manage all this. And uh, it's better to do that way and less complicated. We will be certain that our listeners get that, get that information. And I will also add that Fellowship Southwest regularly sends out um, updates about the work that is going on in multiple places along the border. And that's another way to keep up with what they're doing. Pastor, we are grateful for you. We thank you for your service. And we thank you for sharing with our listeners today. Thank you very much. And I send a hug to you and your husband. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Off-Ramps podcast. If you were inspired to act during this conversation, you can find us and learn more at theofframp.org or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Helplessness and hopelessness do not have to define your future or the world's. Become a change maker today.